All right, we are back with our next episode of About Crypto, and we have a buddy of mine, John Reynolds, who works at uh, MoonPay. How's it going, John? Good, good. Thanks for having me, Cody. Always excited to uh, get involved and talk to people, uh, you know, until we can meet people in person. This is the best we can do. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, man. And, and hopefully that's pretty soon. So I guess we'll find out, right? Yeah. And so uh, what do you, how did you get into our crypto? Yeah, so it was one of those things where, where you hear about it over the years when you're in college, you're, you know, you're doing stuff with friends and people are like, oh, well, how can we, how can we get X, Y, or Z? Like I've heard, you know, there's ways of transacting online. And so I sort of heard about it, but I never understood it. Um, that would probably be around like 2013, 2014, never looked into it. Um, and then in mid 2017, um, a friend of mine, who uh, was also one of my partners in consulting, he basically came to me and said, hey, there's a group of investors that I'm friends with, and they basically are looking for somebody to do a deep dive on Bitcoin and Ethereum um, and determine if it's worth, um, you know, if it's, a good, if it's a good bet, basically, to invest money into it at this point um, with a timeline of, you know, one to two years. So having traded in uh, equities and Forex for almost 10 years at that point um i looked into it looked into the market structure started with all the technical analysis and you know it looks it looked pretty strong but as the as the months went on of of really diving in and, and talking to people um it, it became clear that as the price just kept going up and up and up and looking at the prior historical bubbles it's like this is not going to last long uh and in a year or two it's probably going to be lower than it is now um but yeah so i basically looked into ethereum and bitcoin but once i realized this is not good i uh, gave them the advice the market crashed it was pretty serendipitous um and then they basically said well we'd like you to continue and and look into what sort of erc20 tokens can do and and you know other ethereum platform protocols that enable sort of um an additional of you know, an additional layer of programmable value or, or smart contracts or, you know, non-fungible tokens. Um, and so I looked into those and, you know, some insane, insane concepts, sand coin, banana coin, water coin, things that in theory, like if you, if you don't know anything about cryptocurrencies, but you know that it's like a ledger or a database or something, and someone says sand coin or banana coin, it's like, oh, okay, like, that might be real, uh, but looking more into it, it's like very clearly not even alpha software that has no real world implementation and the team that raised the money like is very hard to get in contact with. Um, <clears throat> so after that, I basically realized, you know, I, I have to, I have to do better. <laughs> I have to learn more and I have to do it faster than I've ever done it before. So I actually um, made a, a meetup group because when I moved uh, back from Los Angeles to Connecticut, I searched, you know, Greenwich crypto and there was nothing. And I was like, oh, uh, how much does it cost to make a meetup group? Uh, and it was free. So I did it. Um, in the first two weeks, we had like five people join. And I was like, okay, like, this is good. Uh, we had two people who I'm still friends with um, that I've worked on a few projects with, um, Michael Kachowski of Bath Leads and Roger Benitez of Block Hive Technologies. 
Um, they were the first two people and the only two people to show up to that first uh, meetup. And we shared a beer and we had a great conversation. Um, and we've been going for about a year and a half. And we have, I think we're about to break 250 members. So we're still doing digital stuff. And um, I actually, through that group, that's actually how I got my job at MoonPay. Nice. Yeah. So I'd love to hear what you're working on uh, via MoonPay. Sure. Yeah. So I was, um, you know, in, in trying to find a job that I really wanted to stay with and really develop a career with, it was important for me to find a company that was still growing, that would be, you know, open to sort of changing your role and, and wearing a lot of hats at once, because that was something I was really familiar with as a consultant. And basically, um, I had a few people who were tagging me in, in jobs um, on LinkedIn, and one of them was for MoonPay. Um, I you know, sent them an email, sent them a resume, cover letter, and um, they got back to me, interviewed. It was a great interview process. Um, and they basically said, you know, your customer service skills and your data acumen are really what we'd like to work with you on. Um, and so for the first three weeks, uh, which I said earlier is uh, ending tomorrow, first three weeks, so still very early, but a whirlwind. Um, I'm working on basically uh, helping scale the customer service experience, helping to automate a lot of the stuff that can be automated while still having a personal touch on it so that you still get that sense that you're talking to a real person. Even if the real person is, you know, using a lot of automated systems, there is still somebody who is able to solve your problem if you need help. Um, and so one of the main things is basically, you know, looking out for fraud. So reviewing transactions, getting familiar with sort of the landscape of the different signifiers that you have for whether a transaction is legitimate or fraudulent. Um, and then basically working with um, the more technical engineer people to figure out how can we build a system that will enable us to scale to 1 billion customers and still retain the same fraud rates that we have currently, which are improving and always getting better. But as you employ certain systems like the ACH system, um, competitors slash partners of ours um, have done that and they have had debilitating amounts of fraud. Um, like they literally had to remove access to ACH as a payment um, on-ramp because of the amount of fraud. Um, so wow. there's, there's a lot of things that go into it, um, but we are, you know, we are partnering with people who are providing great software as a service, and we are also developing our own IP in order to combat that, you know, ever-present threat of, of fraud. Yeah, that's, that must be definitely very tough, especially in this space. You have so many ways yeah. to mix. And it's 24-7, 365. So all over the world. <laughs> yeah, literally, literally. I mean, we have a guy in, in Vietnam. We have we have people in the UK. We have people in uh, Poland. We have people in um, where is it? Is it Idaho? I think I think Idaho and D.C. and Connecticut, New York. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's a lot. Um, it's definitely the first time I've ever worked on a fully remote team that is international, that is in a market that is 24 seven. So it's, it's a big learning curve, um, but I'm pretty sure I've had steeper learning curves. Um, and, you know, you're not always compensated for some of those other learning curves. So I'm feeling pretty good and the team's great. So I'm very excited to be there. That's great, man. Good for you. It sounds like you're happy and doing what you want to do, which is awesome. Yeah. 
Uh, it's definitely something I am grateful for, um, especially in a time like this where there's so much uncertainty. It's uh, <laughs> crazy. Yeah, that's for sure, man. And uh, do you think it, at some point crypto will see like mainstream adoption or is it going to take a while? I mean, it really depends. Um, a lot of people a lot of people have, there's sort of a lot of schools of thought, right? I mean, you have the libertarians who believe that, you know, it, it has to happen just because of the theory of sound money. Um, that's a flawed theory for a number of reasons um, that I'm not well-versed in enough to really, you know, go in on. But there's, there's other things that are more valuable. The most concerning thing to me um, is actually there was a thing that the Department of Defense released. Uh, did you see this? The Forbes article that basically said the Department of Defense has wargamed the scenario of the Black Lives Matter using, uh, yeah, Bitcoin yeah. as uh, insurrection currency, basically. Yeah, that's, that's pretty wild. <laughs> that's like a real endgame scenario that um, people, cypherpunks and everything, have like thought of before um so the fact that like the department of defense is like on that um definitely you know is a step in the step function in terms of recognition the other big player uh two big players would be you know obviously the libra association and then um the chinese communist party so you know wherever it happens first once it happens and it doesn't break um then that's another step in the step function and then once um once Facebook basically successfully courts the central banks to <laughs> offset a lot of their risk in, in the reserves, um, and they basically say to the central banks, you control all this stuff, you know, we're just giving you the, the payment rails, basically. Um, it's it's going to happen. I, I do think it's going to happen, especially because, uh, you know, there's Ray Dalio has a great book on, on debt crises. And one of the main points in the book is that, you know, currency historically really has only lasted for about like 50 to 75 years mm -hmm. in one form. Um, and so if you if you go back to, I think it was like the mid 60s um, when Nixon took us off the gold standard, I'm really bad with US history, um, working on it. But basically you start the timeline from um, when, they took us off the gold standard. And I think it's about 60 years. Um, so we're like right in that area of, um, you know, massive, massive structural change in how our currency works. So I, I do think it's inevitability, um, whether China does it first, uh, China will probably do it first just because it's the most centralized entity <laughs> in the world. Um, and they'll probably do really well with it, honestly, because that's like the primary use case is total, total, total control. Yeah. So, yeah, it is what it is. <laughs> yeah, it just is what it is at that. Yeah. Well, thanks again for coming on. You have so much knowledge in so many areas. And uh, where can people find you? Sure. Yeah. So um, physically, I'm still social distancing. <laughs> uh, so I'm trying to limit that. But um, I am on Twitter. Uh, I always have to check my screen name because I've changed it a few times, but I think it's underscore J Reynolds 999 um, or just email uh, John J O N at moonpay.io. Um, so either of those would be great. I uh, just broke a hundred followers on Twitter. Very excited. <laughs> this is it, man. You're on the way up, dude. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> well, it's funny because it's like you start to try and like, you know, mine as much dopamine as you can from these things it's like how can i how can i really fulfill my ego and it's like oh well i have like four or five followers who have over like fifty thousand followers so i sort of have that many followers right no yeah yeah, it's definitely the same thing (laughs) (laughs) yeah so i don't know that's sort of how i'm ranking myself but uh i did like your feedback about uh just post every day it was funny because the one uh, Saturday, I actually scheduled that uh, on Friday. And I was like, all right, I got my Saturday post. That's it. That's and then it. I haven't uh, scheduled anything else. And I was wondering, do you schedule some tweets or do you just tell everybody when you're getting coffee? I really just tell everybody, like straight up. <laughs> Whenever it comes to mind, I put yeah. it out there. And if it's taken pretty bad, I usually just leave it up. <laughs> why not? Right? Yeah. Unless it's like the type of thing that will inhibit your presidential campaign in like 30 years when the ultra progressive. Oh, I'm screwed. Uh, yeah. I'm already kind everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah um, no, I, it's fun. I, I mean, I had a conversation with my, my grandparents and my dad last night about the protests and like, you know, people just don't get it. And in, in 50 years, we're not going to get it. And that's just, that's just how it is. Like that's, that's life. That's history. Man. Well, thanks again for coming on. And you're the man. So we're going to wrap it up right here. <laughs> thank you. Thank and you. Everybody Always good, good to talk with you, Cody. All right.